my wife said, oh, you shouldn't say that, but I'm just going to tell you, it was out of hand a lot of times, but <laughs> playing of dice and drinking of sake and yeah. like, yeah, just, you know, just having a good time, basically, and your hair down. Bringing you behind the scenes perspectives of the motorsports industry, this is Humans of Racing. If you're a current follower of Humans of Racing, thanks for joining us on this new platform. And if this is your first time hearing about us, check us out on social media. The username is Humans of Racing 5, and that is the number 5. And if you search Humans of Racing on YouTube, you'll find a few dozen video interviews that we've done with various people in the motorsports industry. We're excited to be with you today. Once again, joined by Sam Goldsmith. Sam, how are you doing today? Great, man. Great. Getting rested up from this last week of... Uh in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, feeling good. Happy to be here. I enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. So Sam, you just spent the last week in Pittsburgh working the Formula 3 US series. Uh, tell us what went down, how things were, uh, what your involvement was, etc. Well, you know that it was a pretty small field. Uh, the cars are just getting together and they had five cars initially and then one car dropped out for whatever reason. But it was... Uh, it was, it was a fair weekend. It was a lot of work. Um, I put in a lot of hours from Sunday to Sunday. The first uh, couple of days being a test, everybody, you know, nobody had to run the car. So we had a three days of test and then one day off and then the race weekend started. So it was, uh, it was, it was an adventure. I had several firsts, you know, it was a first F3 race, first, first time I've ever been socked in the mouth, you know? So, uh, it, it was, uh, it was great that we, uh, John Paul Southern Jr. He got two podiums out of the three events, uh, both of them third place. Uh, was good. Was a good run for him. I was happy to see Kyle Kirkwood, a young man that I run previously at Chastain, sweep the events, uh, taking the top step all three, all three races. So no, it was a, it was an adventure for sure. Enjoyed working with Max Crawford. Uh, worked a lot with Max over the weekend, and I helped him, and he helped me, and that was quite a lot of fun as well. So wait a minute, let me back up. Did you say you got socked in the mouth? Yeah, it's just you know some anger issues or whatnot. But I, but I, I you know, it's like I'm a big boy. Uh, you put yourself in the in the spot that you're in. You know what I mean? So I no. It was the first. I, I thought it was pretty unnecessary, but that's, you know, it's just me. And I just went to work. And it's weird because I had run the I had run the guy in Champ Car in 2006 for a while. But yeah, uh, no, but, but you know what? It was way more positives than negatives. I think uh, I worked with a, a guy, John Walco, that uh, engineer that I'd never worked with before and found him to be a pretty sensible guy. Really enjoyed working with him. So, so. The F3 series is running its uh, second race weekend this this weekend at Mid-Ohio, but I'm not going to be able to attend. So so for those that are listening and, and haven't seen the, the full behind-the-scenes story, uh, Sam had actually posted a video on social media of the aftermath of, of him uh, getting punched, but he was told that he needed to remove that stuff from social media by the sanctioning body or else the the team was going to be fined. Is that correct, Sam? Yeah, and it's done. You know, I'm not going to put a lot more energy into it. No, I, I, those posts were right after the fact, and and I understand their media rule, but, you know, I mean, it didn't seem right to n- nothing. He wasn't thrown off the property, and, and, and I don't care. I'm, you know, I mean, I didn't call the cops. You know, I mean, I just, I'm a big boy. I've been hit harder, and, and I told him so. Yeah, that's the way it was. It, it resembled, uh, he's like from... Estonia or somewhere, and it seemed like one of the YouTube videos that you see when the guys just jump out of the car and start hitting people, and that's what that's what it seemed like. <laughs> I was like, okay, don't touch me. I was like, dude, I'm not touching you. You're hitting me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching you. You just struck me twice. By touching, uh, he means you know. your face was touching his fist. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you'll stop swinging at me, I'll stop touching you. <laughs> no, I saw it coming, and uh, truthfully, I hadn't been to the gym in a while, and I luckily I, I got a, I got an angle on it, you know, so I didn't take it squarely. But uh, I could have blocked it easily had I been. You know, like I said, you know, expect to get struck at the at the racetrack. So, so you mentioned the team is heading down to Mid Ohio. Uh, you, however, will not be joining them. Uh, what is your relationship with the team? Is it kind of as an as need basis, or, or how does that situation work? 
Yeah, you know what? I think uh, I think I I probably uh, won't be helping those guys further. You know, uh, I helped them out get going. I really I really appreciate the the opportunity of being the first F three race and all that. But I just uh, it's, it's truthfully it's just too much work. You know, I'm I. It was a long week, and uh, you know it was just a lot of work, and you know I just really at fifty eight years old, I think it really just not not wasn't worth it, you know what I mean so but i I will say that I did enjoy working with Max Crawford. I'd raced against Max a couple of times in sp- sports cars, but he, he and I got on well, and I showed him some problems that they were gonna have or did have, and uh he said they had had the same issues in testing in France. I said, well, maybe you change it. He said that seems like a good plan, so no, it was quite fun work with him and again with and with John Walker as well and and uh John Paul Southern jr he did a solid job he you know we uh, ran him out of gas one time we just had some issues new car new car blues, you know what I mean so um that's the way it is. So you mentioned how, you know, working the F3 series is, is really difficult. You've worked in the, the top rung of motorsports with IndyCar teams, with sports car teams, and now you've made the jump back down to different levels of, of series. Just for those that are listening, kind of explain what are some of the differences and nuances of working one race series versus another? Well, you know, it's... it's um... <laughs> People do it on lower budget, for sure. Um, there are teams that have exactly the same rig and tent and hospitality and tile and everything else as, a, as an IndyCar team, right? You would look like a proper IndyCar team, and they have three cars under there, and they have hospitality. And, you know, there's there's proper effort, you know what I mean? Uh, the cars are not not as technical as, a, as an IndyCar, but they require a bit of maintenance. It's not a, it's not a, an F4 car. The F4 car is, is a little bit easier. This car here, turbocharged, uh, has a bit more aerodynamic bits on it. And, and it just needs a bit more work. You know, uh, uh, it, for one man, it was pretty tough. I, I, I would think it's a two man car, you know, just to get a tidy effort going. And, and, and I think, um, you know, I think my guys they're building right now, they're they were not quite ready for the step that that they took, I think, but they are working toward that and larger trailer, et cetera, and new easy ups and so they're working toward uh stepping up their effort for sure. So it's a learning experience for everybody involved, not just the driver. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, uh like uh John Paul is sixteen. You know what I mean? And so he you know, he's He's quite young. You really, uh, you know, it's, it's weird because you don't think about it. And then, man, well, he's 16, you know. And then Kyle, you see Kyle Kirkwood at the top. Well, heck, I, heck, I think he's only 19, you know. In the, uh, in the, in the, so they're quite young and still just young men trying to make their way. So it's fun. So IndyCar in its heyday of the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, it was not uncommon to – um, you know, after your race weekends, a lot of times you'd stay and test the following day after the race. You'd also have essentially unlimited testing. And so in many ways, going to work for an Indy Lights team or, you know, an F3 team like you were doing just this last weekend uh, might seem kind of like a dream job in the sense that you didn't have to work as much. But from what you're telling me, it sounds like uh, the F3 gig might be just as much work, if not more. Yeah, it's it's a fair amount of work, and and really, on the, in the F three weekend and the F four weekends, uh, they'll have they have three races, three to, three complete races. They have a qualifying, they run a race, that race sets the grid for the next race. So there's three separate races during the weekend, and and that's a that's a lot of turning around. And if you suffer any kind of damage, or even if you don't suffer damage, sometimes the the field turns around quite quickly. You know, that depending on what series is are running. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a big thrash sometimes to get turned back around. So and again, if that's without suffering damage, so taking any kind of damage and it's just pretty. It's a big thrash. And 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 in big car racing, that's what we call it. Was big car and little car, right? There's more people. Right? There, there's you have four guys on a car, right? So if under the tent, you got two cars. You got eight guys, and you know, so when shit hits the fan. Everybody dives in, makes stuff happen pretty quickly, you know. So, Sam, it's Thursday, so we want to throw things back, but believe it or not, Sam, we actually have some audience questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's got to be from my mom. 
my, no, it's yeah, it's not yeah, your mother. My, my only fan is maybe my wife. <laughs> so our first question comes from Kenny Coltsbeck. Did I say his Coltsbeck, name right? Coltsbeck, yes. Carb, uh, Car- AKA Carbon Kenny. Okay. So what Kenny wants to know is simply, do you miss him? So Sam, go ahead and answer that question and kind of just tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about who Kenny is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I miss him on a daily basis, but I—he's uh, a good guy, and 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 I'm sure we'll run into each other again. That's uh, a very small circle. He's he, truthfully, he's my hero. This guy goes everywhere. He's at Bonneville Salt Flats. He builds a bodywork for Angie uh, uh, Smith's drag bikes and NHRA, and he's 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 everywhere. And his brother Keith is the shop manager at. Uh, I think Hendrick racing in North Carolina down there. So they're twins, uh, Keith and Kenny. They've been doing this for a long, long time. And uh, honestly, uh, I miss Ken and I, I like, I like it when we get together. He's a good, he's a good man. So we've got a question from Greg Gran. Is it Greg Gran or Greg Gron? Greg Gron, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. So Greg Gron wrote in, and he wants to know which is more fun, IndyCar or RC racing? Man, I haven't been RC racing in so long. <laughs> I did enjoy RC racing, but I didn't make any money at it. So, so, so I'm going to have to say IndyCar. <laughs> if I had any skill or talent and could have made money at RC racing, for sure I would have done that. But one of my few marketable skills was working on those mixers, you know. So that's what, that's what I chose. But, yeah, Greg's good. I think Greg makes money at it. <laughs> So a common friend we have, Tom Vassy. Uh, you worked with him at Modon. I worked with him for a year at Sam Schmidt. Uh, I see him post all the time on Facebook photos of him bringing home some cash from, uh, I think he's racing remote-controlled dragsters. Um, Sam, how does someone make money doing this stuff? Uh, you're good. Tom's Tom's a hot rod. It's uh, it's actually Those are actually slot cars. Uh, oh, okay. They're slot cars, and... He uh, he cuts a mean light. He he tunes his hot rods. He takes notes. He's very uh, very very tidy effort. Tom puts down when he goes and and he, he makes money. Yeah, well, he doesn't make money because I know what it costs to do it. But right. but you know he he takes home the bacon. You know what I mean he takes home a lot of the cheese when he goes. He's like, oh no, Tom's here. You know what I mean. <laughs> so no, he does a good job. I I, uh, I miss hanging out with him. I I ran with him for a little while. Uh, in fact, Ed Carpenter went with us for a year, uh, and and crashed some cars up. So yeah, it's it was a good time. Uh, so next up, we'll we'll take a little blast into the past. Uh, you've got some stories for us, Sam. Uh, I'm I'm looking at my notes here, and I see something listed as horseplay. <laughs> here's here's the notes that says it says Japan flight horseplay. Kevin Simpson, Chris Hogue. Uh, that in itself has some hilarity there. Tell us what's <laughs> going on with that story. <laughs> All right. So first off, uh, any of the international flights, were they were charters. So it was nothing but uh, us on the plane. And it was generally, as soon as the wheels left the ground, it was just a drunken mess. And that So in this transition in 2005, I think the year was, those two guys, Kevin Simpson and Chris Hogue, worked for Cheever Racing. Mm-hmm. And what they uh, do? Uh, they were mechanics. I think they were mechanics on the cars, both of them. Okay. Uh, on uh, maybe even Schechter's car before he came over to to Panther. I, I can't remember the. Like I said, I'm bad with all that. If I don't write it down, I can't. I can't remember it. Yeah. So you worked with Hogue over at Mo Nunn. Did, had you worked with Kevin before? Uh, no, I'd worked with his wife, uh, at Amber, at... Uh, oh, Amber, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but I, I don't think I'd ever worked with Kevin, actually. Okay. And I wasn't working with him then. We were just all okay. in the flight. Right, um, so in 2004, 2005, Kevin's wife, Amber Simpson, was the... Well, she was the purchasing manager over at Panther, yeah. I thought, right? At Panther, or... Yeah, I think Panther. it was Panther. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. All right, so Chris, Kevin, a lot of drunkenness, dice, go <laughs> on. Yeah, so you know, and so Kevin, being a sane individual, says, "I'm I'm going to go to sleep," you know, and so he <laughs> nods off. And it seems like a young Chris Hogue, uh, feeling his oats, may have. Well, I wasn't going to mention names either. I was 
I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I can cut it out. <laughs> it, it is what it is now. I was gonna go. I was gonna say the the names have been changed, but obviously they haven't. Gosh darn it! I should have written that down. Anyhow, uh, so uh, Hogue takes a sharpie of some sort, pen marker, and and I think he wrote drew along Kevin's hairline in the front, just okay. kind of like a highlight. Uh, you know, he actually sent me some pictures the other day. I, I he prom- made me swear not to post them though. So, uh, <laughs> so in this time, it's a long flight, right? So he we'd been drinking and you know and uh, a sleeping pill here and this. And I'm I'm out, right? Everybody's going and Hoag says, "Dude, I'm I'm out." And I said, "I'm in trouble because there's no waking up when I'm when I go down, right?" <laughs> so he goes down. He's out for the count. Simpson wakes up and sees what's gone because they had an ongoing feud at the shop all kind of shenanigans salt mm-hmm. in the toolbox just all the standard stuff uh so he sees what's going on he tracks down uh a gillette razor just a two-blade razor from somebody's shave kit and proceeds to dry shave uh chris hogue who's pretty bushy-haired guy right you know what i mean He's dry shave Huh? Drive shave his his right eyebrow. Oh gosh! <laughs> right there in his seat, and at the same and at the same time period, Hogue had a a big large set of pork chop sideburns, right? And, and equally yeah. as equally as woolly, so he he shaved off the left pork chop and the right <laughs> eyebrow, unbeknownst to senior Hogue, who was fast asleep, right? Just passed out. Oh, out, right, out. So. Nobody says it. We get to Japan, and I can remember him. I can remember him screaming in the bathroom. But you know, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so, so you know, you, when you mess with the bull, you get the horn. You know what I'm saying? Right. Be careful, be careful where you go. Right. So you know, uh, you, Hogue. One time, uh, Brett Brett Simpson and Hogue had a little small not. The small, ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. So in those days, you'd pace around the parking lot and talk on your phone, right, to the, to the wife or whatever. Right. So I'm standing there t- chatting on the phone, and I see Brett, and it was in the days of flip phones even, right? I see mm-hmm. Brett struggling to get his flip his phone flipped open. I said, he's, he's glued your phone shit. He's glued your phone shit, hasn't he? He's like, yes. <laughs> uh, but it was just uh, a little silicone on this, you know, not, not damaged, just a yeah. good, one, but just uh, I couldn't get it open. So, no. Uh, so, Hogue, in the day, he was uh, probably still. Uh, well, he's paying his dues now with his young son. So, yeah, uh, yeah he'll he'll pay his. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We'll we'll consider asking him for permission to uh, <laughs> release this information. No, he said it would be all right. All right, cool. <laughs> There's no taking it back now. <laughs> no, sorry, man. <laughs> So okay. <laughs> uh, I see, see here on our notes, uh, another story with Hogue, <laughs> him and uh, uh, yourself, an engineer. I don't know if you want to name him. And I, I see ATF and vacuum line. What's that about? Uh, yeah, I'm going to name him anyhow because it's Matt Curry. Matt doesn't care. <laughs> right. If anybody cares or doesn't care, it's Matt. So yeah. uh, we're in, I want to say we're in Richmond and mm-hmm. I've never seen it. So Tommy was the chief. He had the rental car van. We were all in his van. Tommy mm-hmm. used the van, you know, whatever we're gonna go out. Yeah, okay, take it. So we go off and doing whatever we're doing. Um they start chatting about it. I said, Well, I've never seen this. So we stopped at the grocery store and we got a quart of ATF and you remove a booster line from the booster, brake booster and the vacuum and vacuum the uh, suck the ATF basically into the top of the valve train of the motor and it sits there. And then when you start the thing up, it's, it's, I was, I was amazed at how much it smoked. <laughs> I'm not, I've seen a lot of things and I was like, wow, that's impressive. Uh, yeah, we drove down, we drove down the street. It was, uh, old and it had, it was like tree lined, you know, and the trees kind of came up. It was just a solid cloud of smoke down through there. So, we get to the hotel and park the thing, get out in the morning, getting ready to go to the track. People all standing out under the, it was a covered entryway. We, uh, people, race people, non-race people, just people out front. Tommy goes and gets the van, 
and the thing starts smoking like i mean like i don't i can't even describe it it's a, it's a, it's an impressive amount of smoke to come out uh, for not damaging anything right yeah. and he pulls dra- pulls directly under the covered entryway there people <laughs> are just looking at it. we all pile in trying not to crack up right sitting there like Huh? You guys know what happened? No. <laughs> he said. He said there'll be some painting to be done when we get back to the shop. <laughs> it was, oh yeah, Bassy. It was. It was funny. Tom so that was, was a shop he vehicle, was, not a rental vehicle. It was a rental vehicle. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. I don't know which company, but, it, but <laughs> you know what? Statute of limitations is too late. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Can do. You know what? You don't even know about rental cars. That's <laughs> that would be a whole nother. Uh, I've seen them come up missing, never to be seen again. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, rental cars is a whole nother, a whole nother deal, man. That's a whole topic, man. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys are all adults. Well, no, we're <laughs> I, not. I, I laugh it, saying it, that. You know, you know what? We're not. We were just this past weekend, mm-hmm. honestly, uh, at Pittsburgh. Uh, the hotel, the closest one, really had a bar, restaurant thing underneath. So in the evening, it was like it had been transported back 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Larry Rutherford, Angry Gary Mikulak, uh Mick, I can't remember Mick's last name. I hadn't seen him in 10 years. Uh, works on gear, gear boxes. Larry from Emco. And yeah, just, just a bunch of guys that you had worked. And we're like, man, we were just a bunch of kids. Whenever yeah. none of us going to grow up, we're just all stupid, you know, chasing mm-hmm. cars around. So, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say stupid, but right. yeah, none of us are going to grow up. Did anyone ever face any sort of discipline, disciplinary action for what they did? With about what? Uh, <laughs> I, I, can you? I mean, I mean, we have a lot of stories that we can share, but before we we go on, can you just think of a time when you know someone was was partaking in some hijinks and they actually got in trouble for it? Because a lot of times, I don't hear of any consequences about some of these no, stories. No. I think uh, Harris, Eric Haverson was pretty casual California guy. I think he mm-hmm. wore flip-flops one time uh, back in the day when you used to get a chauffeur a limousine ride to the airport, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, he showed up in flip-flops. And uh, John Barnes was like, you know, pretty casual. And Eric said, well, comfort is king. And he's correct. <laughs> you know, I like I like Eric's realist. It's realism. Right. That's what he's practicing, realism. So there was an email that said there will be – you know, we no open toe shoes on the on a team. You know, team flights. So uh, you put the next to that. And I think, I think when we won at Panther, when we won at Texas, and we stayed yeah. up all night there, I think they asked us not to come back. Did they? Wasn't there? I think the hotel. Yeah, I think there was some kind of. I think there was a strongly worded memo sent around that. <laughs> We basically, you know, screwed up. If <laughs> we couldn't go back, you know, <laughs> or, to, to kind of paint a picture. So <laughs> we had at Panther, we had Schechter for a year and a half, who's just blazing fast. Um, Andy Brown, the the head engineer at Panther, basically said when Thomas was in that car, he knew that car was going as fast as it could possibly go, and for race after race, one reason or another. Uh, something would break down. There'd be a crash. Um, I remember at Japan in 05, almost winning and then running out of fuel. Something always happened. Um, so to finally get the victory at Texas, I know, was just a huge relief for everybody. Um, you and I had been there been some of the newer generation that came in after Sam Hornish left. But even for those old guys that had been around, they had gone through a bit of a dry spell as far yeah, as victories yeah. go. So it was a really big deal. And I don't know if you remember about halfway through the race, um, we were all just sitting there in the pits and Thomas is going by lap after lap, totally quiet on the radio. And all of a sudden he comes by on the front straight one, one time and and Thomas is screaming on the radio, guys, I'm really sorry. Do you remember that? No. So he's screaming, guys, I'm really sorry. I've just pissed all over the floor. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that's where you may, may have been going. I, I thought that's where you may have been going. Uh, I know because at one time you thought he brushed the wall, but I think that right. may have been – he said, I think I've just brushed the wall, but I think that was a different year. No, I, 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 I believe I, as, as the front-end guy maintaining the chair, I think I told him to never do that again unless he wanted to clean it. <laughs> It was it was just funny because uh, you hear him come over the radio and say, "I'm really sorry." <laughs> Everyone's looking around at each other like, "What now?" 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and then he just right. tells us, I've just pissed all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. So we win the race. It's, you know, everyone's excited. I was tasked with uh, getting things set up for the post-race celebration. So I was still dressed in my fire suit. We wanted to make sure that I could beat the traffic leaving the race to pick up the supply, so to speak, for for the uh, post-race celebration. I'm still right. wearing the fire suits, the cowboy hat from Victory Lane, and we went into the, the gas station across the street to pick up uh, a few cases of beer. And, uh, man, we just had a great time that night. Yeah, it was that was a fun weekend. The, the, the NASCAR truck officials were there as well at that same hotel, so we were there. We drank moonshine with those guys the night before, right? Uh, yeah. They flavored moonshine. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh, uh, no, that <laughs> Come was get trip. your medicine, that, boys. Yeah, those, those guys got it on. Right? They were sitting up there in their NASCAR official pants, you know, sitting by the pool drinking moonshine. Yeah. So and I, then, uh, back to... Go ahead. I, I can't remember anything too crazy that would cause them to say don't come back um and, yeah, and i wasn't the, so like drunk that I, that I blacked out or anything uh, can you think of anything that might have happened where that hotel said <laughs> no <laughs> no so, good answer you know, we, we, we were out of hand you know, in the pool and having a good time maybe and, a little you know, loud Maybe loud, and then uh, some unnamed individuals may uh, may or may not have uh, shimmied across the gutters and the second between the first and second floor, like like James Bond or Jason Bourne or something <laughs> uh, unnamed, you know, Irishman. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> FPR is his initials. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, and yeah. another friend, you know, there's just, uh, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> and oh, <laughs> so they're they're scaling across the uh, balcony to uh, Engage room. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> and they, now. And they, and they got in Engage room, <laughs> and uh, there was a young lady who had probably had too much to drink. She was just passed out in the, in the bed i think there was a couple well i think one was back down at the pool oh, okay. and one was in there so, okay. so so uh these two unnamed individuals were sneaking around the dark and their mission was to put all of the furniture in that hotel room that they could move into the bathroom <laughs> and they had it they had a pretty good jump on it right they had a pr- pretty good handle on it and i decided it had gone and i wonder where the boys are at <laughs> so I went up, and I started pounding on the door. Uh, they're inside, uh, against the wall, trying to be invisible in the dark. Yeah. And I'm the finally the drunk gal. She gets up and comes to the door. Luckily, didn't turn any lights on. Uh, uh, hair is all askew. She she opens the door. I go, oh, I must have the wrong room. I'm sorry. <laughs> So she shuts the door, goes back to bed. Those guys bolt out the back, shimmy oh down the pipe, the pipe or whatever. And I think I think that may have may have been something of it. And I don't think they got all of it in there, but they got quite a bit of it in there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, just what do you, it's bored. You get bored. I'm sure their kids will enjoy your story now. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, they, no, they won't let him hear. That's funny. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen him in a while. Anyway, I need to call in and see yeah. what's going on. So, moving on, I see Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Now, now, Sam, I don't know if you remember, I turned 21 <laughs> in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes. Born and raised in Las Vegas, and I'm in Nazareth, Pennsylvania for my 21st birthday. Um, The boys wanted to take me to uh, a certain gentleman's club. Do you remember why specifically they wanted me to to go to this club? I cannot. It seemed like, well, naturally – Naturally, Matt was involved because he'd been around a long time. Matt knew all the, you know, the dive joints. I can't remember exactly why. Uh, I I know that we could bring our own booze in. That was pretty cool. Yeah, they just to, yeah, it was. Co- I think right? a place uh, called uh, Herbs BYO. Herbs, yes. Herbs BYO. Yep. So and, uh, uh, there was a performer <laughs> that was a little bit shorter than the average height. <laughs> That uh, I don't know. I don't know what a politically correct. Yeah, I don't know what the politically correct term is either. Small she, person. She was short. <laughs> she was really short. 
<laughs> but uh, uh, unfortunately, she was not on that night. Um, and it had been such a long day. You know, we're at the track from like seven to five or six. Um, by eleven thirty, I was just asleep in the strip club. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, that was a you, we celebrated your twenty first birthday at, all year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's your twenty first birthday again. Yeah, every all year we. Uh, Good times. It's funny. It's funny because I was just doing a little bit of work at Tim Dredge's house the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, our trainer at panther and mm-hmm. he we, we were talking about a sonoma when he came around and the headlights panned across and you were laid there in the dirt in the parking lot of the hotel i was tired <laughs> yes you were it was a hard night this is a hard job man i was tired it's, it's, it's so a, you know so going back to nazareth i see on your notes circus music what's what's going on with nazareth uh, and circus yeah, music yeah yeah again with matt curry so the, the matt i like matt as well of all you guys i like everybody mm-hmm. Uh, I like the guy who hit me in the mouth, but that's the whole <laughs> going back. I'm not putting more energy in that. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, they had the Pioneer sponsorship on that car, and they had just had this insane. Uh, John Wayne Gabe was a driver, and he picked it all up. And they had this insane stereo system on this on the truck. You know, uh, Pioneer just gave it all to him, and it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. So Peter Parrott, who was the team manager at that time, was just walking out of the from under the canopy and and uh, and matt queued up the calliope music the circus you know the and it it sounded like the circus was in town and and <laughs> and we just all fell down right it was the hilarious one of the funniest things i think i've seen in quite a while peter parrot i'm going to tell you what his head turned around is completely his head's Spun back to the truck and looked at the door, and then his body and his feet and everything like it was like a cartoon that <laughs> came around after. And he stomped in there and he took that. I think he broke the disc even, wow. but he was he was not happy because <laughs> Peter was a, a proper Englishman, Penske, uh, you know, professionalism. That's yeah. that's the way it has to be. And you he's know, team and, manager now at Mo None, right? Uh, yeah, that was he was the team manager then yeah. at Monon, yes. Yeah. And 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 Matt had that thing cranked up, man, it, and it's, it literally sounded like the circus was in town, you know. And, and Peter spun around. It may have wore holes in the in the in the tile there, I don't know, but literally his head his head turned around and then his body kind of recoiled after it. So, yeah. Uh, any punishment doled out or a strongly worded email? Uh, strong, strongly, you know. As strong as it would get from Pete, you know what I mean? And uh, the man, a few words. I, I'm pretty sure the disc got, got broken. <laughs> <laughs> or at least confiscated. Yeah. Give, me, give me the disc, you know. <laughs> so, no, I don't think any kind of any kind of consequences. I don't what know if you anybody... go off your, your sponsors? Uh, yeah, just showing it what we got here. <laughs> Maybe a poor choice of music, but... <laughs> The monkeys thought it was funny. Got the people's attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your first pit stop. I hear there was some uh, some drama there as well. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Uh, so, uh, again, at, uh, well, the first time over ever at Morris's. So we had – it was the first run for the IRL car after the split, you know. And mm-hmm. so we had all this gear gathered up, and no one even knew what was going to happen. Well, and uh, Poppy's telling me, yeah, I think I mean, it looks like this is going to leak right here. And, and, and like, okay, everybody just be careful, right? So uh, car comes in. I managed to get everything plugged in and fuel and air jack and all that. And uh, I pull everything out and fuel's leaking out of it a little bit, right? right. Uh, out of the vent hose, just like Dave said it was going to. Uh, well, Elliot Nunn was the... Uh, fire bottle guy right so you spray water on the on the fuel buckeye you know i'm you know i'm saying when you unplug Mm -hmm. to dilute Mm -hmm. that fuel yeah well that chrome fire extinguisher had been sitting in the sun florida sun for two days well he sprayed me with it yeah with that hot water and i said (laughs) oh my god i'm on fire my very first pit stop (laughs) oh my god i'm on fire my very first pit stop uh yeah no and he was laughing he thought that was funny as hell man you know have you ever use the water the water cannon i have 
it's it's not an easy job. I've I've done it a couple times myself, and uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, oh, do you mean on the car? Yeah, to aim at the Buckeye. No, yeah. I've never done it. I have used it in a fire, but I've never used it to to spray the Buckeye. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, one time? I want to say it was Michigan, maybe two thousand five. I was all ramped up to. Basically, when the when the fuel buckeye comes out, there's a little bit of uh, fuel that spills, and so you just spray it with water just to dilute it right away, so it doesn't catch on fire. And uh, I was geared up, ready to go, pointed, aimed. Um, buckeye came out. I shot the cannon, and I must have missed by two feet because I just gave <laughs> Thomas Schechter a huge spray in his helmet. And you know what had to be going through his head is, holy crap, fuel just spilled in my head. <laughs> right, I want to be on fire. <laughs> Another time, I, I had the the water cannon. I don't know if you remember. You probably do remember. You were holding the vent hose for Schechter's car at Kentucky, I think that was 2004, where basically he burned out the clutch in his pit stop and the car left uh-huh. while you were still plugged in. Yeah, and Larry, uh, Larry, uh, Rutuskis, the fueler plugged in. Yeah, I thought we were going to burn the place down on that one. <laughs> so I'm. No, honestly, I, I thought we were going to have a big fire on that one. Thomas stopped at the end of the pit lane. Yeah, he takes off, plugged in, he rips the hose out of uh, the fuel tank. And fuel's going everywhere, and I've got the water cannon, and uh, I'm I'm young, twenty or twenty one. There's fuel everywhere. I should be the guy like kind of spraying things down. I panicked and ran away, man. <laughs> Luckily, it turned out okay. But man, that was a scary time. Yeah. We were standing. Well, one thing, one thing, one thing in the pool of methanol that you were standing in, that little bottle wasn't going to help you. So you might as well, you might as well do the right thing to evacuate the scene, right? We were standing in the pool of methanol. It wasn't burning at that moment, so you know, yeah. no harm, no, no foul. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, we, uh, when we, at Morris's there, the second year of the IRL car, we went mm-hmm. to the Toyota engines and, uh, we had a Toyota test, just Toyota teams mm-hmm. at Richmond and it still, they have still had like, uh, I think still had like 40 gallons of fuel in them. And so right. and that place is tough. You know, you're doing like 19 mm-hmm. second lap times, right? So, um, Kanan, uh, Elio is going to go out and do a full tank run. So he's got 40 gallons of fuel in the thing. And Kanan is just coming out of four. Uh, and really, there's not, there's probably only six teams there, probably. You know what I mean? This is Toyota squads. Was Kanan or Elio? Kanan uh, was oh, okay. out as well, but he was coming, he, he mm-hmm. coming slowly out of four. Elio clips his uh, right rear with his. Uh, Elio's left front to Kanan's mm-hmm. right rear and launches him, launches the thing Ooh. into the fence. And it's, it starts cartwheeling. Right. Good thing there's no people in the stands and all that, right? It starts cartwheeling through the fence like a freaking garage sale. Shit's flying off of it. Uh, so, I mean, the car stops and it landed Yikes. upside down. And it was upside down. And luckily, the the hot end, the motor end was... was downhill and i we were in, i was in shorts and i just i just grabbed the foam bottle the i thought it was the water bottle that street turned out to be the fire extinguisher but whatever so i grabbed the bottle and vazzy's yelling at me go so i ran across the pit lane out to him i'm squirting him the thing is is gurgling <laughs> methanol gurgling it he's screaming get yeah. me out get me out get me out i'm just trying to spray the methanol diluted as it comes out. Duncan Charnel, he grabbed the bottle. He followed me out. So the thing went like the proverbial gas barbecue. You oh, know, I just God. So there, there was 40 gallons of methanol. There's people coming out, you know, from the infield that, you know, team members and whatnot. Well, they had to stop because they couldn't mm-hmm. see the fire. Everything in the infield was on fire. So I threw the bottle down and I, 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 I reached in there and I grabbed Elio by his uh, little epaulette on his driving suit and mm-hmm. yanked his ass out of there. Uh, Duncan was spraying him. and Yeah, I, I had ended up, one of us here, I wanted, 
uh, sprayed his face before he got his visor down and put oh, his geez. contacts up. He had to go to the hospital and get his contacts back, you know, around to the right side of his eyes. But, but he wasn't, he wasn't burnt. So, you know, so. that would have been 2003 ish. Yeah. Yeah. So he, if you guys wouldn't have saved his life that day, he wouldn't have won that third Indy 500. He wouldn't have been on dancing with, well, he made a, he wouldn't have been on dancing with the stars. I mean, he might have been a race car driver, but he wasn't going to look like he did. No, it just—he, a brother needed a hand. He couldn't get out, and I, I, I drove him backwards, and until Tim Sendrick said, "Hey, man, hey, 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 yeah," because mm-hmm. it was—it singed the hair on my legs, on the bottom of my legs. You know, I had shorts on. Right. It was, uh, yeah. it was—he needed a hand, you know. And now I was just—I was happy that I could give him a hand, and I was really happy that Duncan followed me out and was there to help me out when I went into, you know, to basically to the fire to get uh, Elio out. So no, that was, uh, that was, uh, it felt good to, to help him out. So. See, that's the difference between you and me. When I'm there and a fire breaks out, I run away. You see a fire in the distance and you run to it. That's, you know what? That's uh, I don't No comment. <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm a run. To, I'm a run to the fire guy. Tr- truthfully. Uh, you know, I, uh, that's just, that's how it is. I've I've, so, helped, I've helped some brothers out, and I've had some brothers help me out. So that's just the way it goes, right? It's a scary business. So you you mentioned some people have helped you out. Uh, tell me a time where you've been in a sticky situation and someone's had to bail you out. You know what? Uh, the one time in Colorado, I think we talked about the first the first uh, episode was when they put twenty five gallons of water on me, and Mike Ellis he knew I was out, but he sprayed me down anyhow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't. You know, all you were, the, I, I know you were dragged down pit road. Was that at at Pike's Peak you were talking about? Yeah, I took a little tumble on that one at Pike's Peak. Couple, couple, couple pit boxes. Uh, yeah, I never. I only was on fire the one time in Colorado, and it seems like once at Panther and just got uh, a bucket of water, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so. Not only the really the the biggest one was there at Colorado when I took a ride down. Felipe thought it was time to go, and it's funny because I, <laughs> I have a picture he signed. He said, "Man, I don't know why you're smiling." He said, "I try to kill you." <laughs> but, well, let uh, me ask you this: you 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 go over the wall. You know, for a lot of people, going over the wall would be really cool, really glamorous. You've actually been involved in a pit accident, if not a few pit accidents. What goes through your mind where you say, "Okay, I'm going to go back out there"? You know, I think that's that's uh, the only reason I came to do this was to do to be out there. I can work on cars yeah. at home. The only reason I came uh-huh. to do the be a part of IndyCar racing was to do pit stops. I'm I'm not even going to lie. That's that's the only time you're racing. You know, I mean, that's the only time those eight six guys are. Otherwise, you're just watching cars go by until they come right. now now it's my turn to, to race you know what i mean so and you're racing with mm-hmm. 120 other guys or however many there are so um yeah I was, I was lucky i was on some good crews we made some good stops uh yeah i've i've never i've seen some guys hurt pretty badly luckily i you know i've never i've never been hurt you know or a couple banks yeah. and bruises but you know nothing no broken bones no you know so uh, yeah, it's a busy place. You got to you got to be attention, uh, pay attention yeah. for sure. It's uh, and I miss I miss being out there, right? But I think there comes that point where you know I don't want to be out there. I, I you know I don't belong out there. You know what I'm saying? As right. much as I want to do it, right. I, it's just not you know it's, it's not it's not a reality. So it's kind of like a driver knowing when it's time to, yeah. to hang up the helmet. You were able to make that decision and say you know. Uh, Maybe it just might be time to say, let someone else do it. Yeah, that, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's like when uh, when we ran Thomas at Panther, you know, he, he would say, dude, you're always waving me in and everybody else is telling me to slow down. You know, they're holding their hands down, down. And yeah. I said, dude, I want to see the car slide like the last 10 inches. I want it to slide, you know. And I, yeah. I was never concerned about being hit because I thought, you know, I think I can see I'm an aware enough i'll jump up on the wall or whatever you know but as soon as that thought comes into your head of well man especially being a part-time guy like yeah i don't need a a one-off deal to go out there and change an inside front and get 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 clipped by a wing you know and break your leg or something Uh so yeah yeah it's 
Yeah, that's where it's at, though. So. What you've seen happen, uh, yeah. if you remember Steve Namasnack, who's with uh, the Ford GT program at, at Ganassi, um, he got clipped, or excuse me, Schechter got clipped coming into the pits at Michigan by, uh, I think it was uh, by Tor Takagi. Yeah, Is Takagi, that- actually, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was you know just a total accident. Takagi was told to go. He doesn't know what's behind him, and he basically drove right into Schechter. Schechter lost control, and literally the the front wing clipped uh, Steve Namasnack, who he was a fueler next year, right? He, no, I wasn't over. It was Larry Rutt with uh, the uh, Rutaskas was a fueler. The snack was the mm-hmm. airjack and vent, and uh, okay. I was holding the tire. Right, so that's what that's what uh, that's what put me over the wall at Panthers is. So I saw it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I knew it pinched his leg off. That he right. but the tire kind of hit the wall first, you know, and it broke his leg. But I I was sure that when we pulled right. him up there, his leg was going to be pinched off, you know. And so mm-hmm. snack his leg is broken. <laughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me. He's lean, he goes to lean back, like, "Oh my god, my leg's broken." Larry, the fueler grabs him. Makes him come back out to the car and plug in because he finished the stop. Yeah, gotta finish the stop, bro. <laughs> You're standing on one leg. Leg is broken, so he gets he gets back. He gets back. We get him back. They go. You're in, right? So I'm snack is yeah. literally laying on the on the gurney, and I go, dude, yeah. I need your helmet, right? And I'm like, I, right? He's writhing in pain. He said, bro, I need your helmet and your radio belt. He's just so he's, he's writhing in pain, taking off his helmet. So, uh, yeah, that put me over the wall at uh, on Thomas's car, and you know, wow. I uh, my numbers were were always really good with getting the car in the air, and I, yeah. I, I never left that spot. Right, so no, it's, I but That's I, crazy. I, I I like snack. He's a, he's a good man. I like whenever I get a chance to uh, beat a sports car race, I always I always track him down. He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, I think. Uh, We've had some great stories today. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned a few. We threw some names out there. Who do you think uh, would be willing to join us on a future episode sometime? Oh, I don't, man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? They're all closet. We're all closet egomaniacs. We want to hear ourselves on the on the podcast. No, let me let yeah. me think about that. Uh, yeah, let me think about that. Uh, I don't. I could see Colesbeck maybe doing it for a little bit. You know, he's he's yeah. he's, he's got some good stories. It would be yeah. uh, what's really classic about hanging out with him at the at the uh, air races. Like the air races are cool, but like one time was good for me. But I go to hang out at Simpsons and the stories, man. Mm-hmm. Like Kenny and I are just sitting there and, and they're just going through these stories. You know, uh, all the old timers are there and they're they're uh, yeah. just just the stories are just amazing you know I, yeah. I, a lot of people don't like bill i i'm lucky i i think he's the right guy but <laughs> excuse me uh yeah so it's it's uh yeah colesbeck i think he might have something to say and not i don't i bet hogue would probably have have something to say uh most of the guys are he's full-time dad now i know he's <laughs> he told me the other day he's mr thaxton I said, no, you're, yeah. no, you're not, dude. I said, it could be, it's not a bad gig. Pacers tickets. I mean, that's, you know, uh, anyhow, yeah. So for those that don't know, he is, uh, he's married to a local, is she a sports reporter or just a, She's, uh, a, news, a news anchor? A news anchor. Right. And then she also uh, announces the Pacers games. Yeah, so Lindy Thaxton, uh, she used to do. Uh, she was a pit reporter for Versus before it became NBCSN. Um, so yeah, I could see why he might be referred to yeah. as Mister Mister Thaxton. I told him it's not a bad game, right? <laughs> I uh, I went and I was on her team the other day for the Habitat for Humanity uh, build that the, they had at the TV station, and I was on her team, and we had, we had a lot of fun. She's she's a lot of fun. So very uh, cool. Hey, we can get the book sometime. What's that, babe? Maybe we can get them both on sometime. Yeah, 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 that, uh, yeah, for sure. Right. So let me think about that. We'll see about uh, runner uh, people tired of hearing me cackle. Maybe get somebody else on there to cackle. All right. Well, Sam, it's it's right. been a pleasure once again. Uh, we still have. <laughs> I'm looking at yeah. your notes here. We still have quite a few stories we, we, oh, dude, we can go right. through. Yeah, but, that, uh, that was just, just I just sent you stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, as I wrote it down, right? And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it, and uh, I think it would be it would be would be good to get somebody else involved to bounce some stuff off of right you know and uh i think i think young young christian may be a 
maybe a candidate. So yeah. we'll, we'll see about working on that. Well, we always want to leave the audience wanting more. So uh, with right, that, that's right. go ahead right, and right. Uh, shut it down here. And I uh, hope you guys tune into the next one. All right, brother. Have a good one. Be sure to check back in with us. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The username is Humans of Racing 5. And again, find our videos on YouTube. Just search Humans of Racing. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys soon.